0: So we wrote a book.
1: We did write a book. Is it a book? It's like an essay compilation. It's therapy. It's oh, if nice- we
0: open the question of what is a book and what is not a book, we're 18 episodes later, we'll finally have reached the conclusion of that one.
1: It's a back rub for your mind. <laughs> it's a uh, novelty uh, gift basket full of snacks. It's everything you wanted it to be and more we're really good at marketing guys it's It's, it's a dream it's a wish it's a pain it's a dream it's a fix
0: make money online
1: it's called the independent (laughs) consulting manual and it may or may not change your life results not guaranteed
0: we guarantee it will change your life results not guaranteed (sighs)
1: yeah (laughs) We were talking about the mastermind last week, the the, the last, uh, the, the group that we're part of. Um, Kai and I sort of met by co-founding a, a group of independent consultants that make predominantly productized consulting services. Um, and that's a really long set of niches, which I'm not going to get into right now. But point being, we became friends, and the uh, 13 of us decided to write a book together. Um, and so what we did... It's a very short form of it. We each wrote two chapters, or one very long chapter, about five, six, thousand words, about various predetermined topics about running an independent consulting business. And I think we staple them all together in one exquisite corpse of text and put it on the Internet with a buy button.) Um, there were a bunch of other things that happened between then. There are other things that happened also. Like, we got a bunch of freebies together for it. We put up like consulting calls and these. We, we got together in groups on the internet and, and recorded uh, nice um, roundtables about how great we are. And uh, it's, it's done okay. What's, what's the sales total, Kai? How much money have we uh, made online? Uh, about $37,000 off of
0: the book. $37,000. We launched this six weeks ago.
1: I want to be abundantly clear that we're splitting this like 14 ways. So it's not, Kai gets an extra share because he edited the whole thing. Um, so, I, you know, that's money. That's, it's like beer money for a year, which is dope. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm not going to look a, you know, gift 2,500 bucks in the mouth or anything like that. Um, but in many ways for me, and I think for many of the other people in the group, it was kind of a labor of love. Um, we did it because we wanted to and and I had fun. Did you have fun?
0: Oh, I had so much fun. It w- It was a joy. I think
1: one valuable thing to talk about is
0: the why of why we as a group decided to create it and the why of why a listener who's a consultant should consider writing a book and what that process really looks like. Does this look like, oh, I'm going to go find a publisher or does this look like I'm going to collect information that's relevant to my audience or my customers or my peers and make it available as a curated collection.
1: It's story time. I'm going to talk about when I wrote a book in 2010. I uh, wrote a small book about interaction design called Cadence and Slang. Um, If you're curious, Cadence.cc. It is uh, still selling copies every day and evergreen and wonderful. And uh, I, I'm very transparent with my sales numbers about Cadence and Slang. Uh, I've been doing it since I, before I was independent. And the first time I posted my sales numbers was uh, February of 2011. It was right after, like three months right after the book came out. And I told people that I made 42 grand in profit from the book um, by selling about 2,200 copies at the time, something like that. And uh, it was about to sell out. And uh, three weeks later, I went to South by Southwest Interactive to speak. And one of the higher-ups at O'Reilly Publishing um, took me aside and said, uh, Nick D., I read your post. I was like, great, thank you so much. Uh, and she was like, you made 10 times more than the highest author advance we have ever paid out in profit for your book. And I was like, okay, I, that's great. It's paying down my student loans. I actually have no money right now. <laughs> Please advise. Uh, <laughs> but uh they were they were a little irked about it it was a little bit awkward because i was like showing this this path where you know not only was i writing something and not having to deal with them like i didn't even shop it to o'reilly when i first made it um but it, i think o'reilly in my personal opinion o'reilly would have made it actively aggressively worse because the book is weird it has a character about it that does not fit O'Reilly at all, uh, to the point where people were making like parody wood carvings of Cadence and slang in the like ITC Garamond font as as like an O'Reilly book. Of course, the conversation ended with them asking me to write for O'Reilly and, wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, point being, you do not need a traditional publisher. I have told literally everyone that you do not need a traditional publisher. They act as validators. If you have bad self-esteem, by all means, get a traditional publisher. Um, They will make you feel good in that they decide to go with you, and then they will make you feel bad by editing your book within an inch of its life to fit their agenda. Mm -hmm. So you'll just continue to have bad self-esteem after you finish publishing it, and you'll make about $1,000 from it. I made more from my share of the independent consulting manual than a lot of authors get from their advance. (laughs) Which is absolutely crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm probably selling more people, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I built up a marketing system around my book. With Cadence and Slang, it was on Kickstarter. It was one of the earliest projects on Kickstarter. And I built a community around that. Um, And they told a lot of people. I built word of mouth. And fanned out that way. I got got to speak at South by Southwest in a room with like five, six hundred people in it. And... Um, that helped blow it up a lot. The fortunate thing is, it's a lot easier to make a book by yourself. The unfortunate thing is, it's a lot harder to market a book by yourself. And it's a lot more daunting because you don't necessarily know what you're doing and what you're making, or if what you're making is valuable, right? What do you think of when you think of um, independent publishers? Like, just just typical, it, it doesn't matter if they're non-fiction, Kai. Just any independent publishers. Oh,
0: gosh. I think... Uh... <sighs> A lack of sales. I, I I have a real biased view of the publishing industry just because I've been exposed to so many bootstrappers and solopreneurs who wrote books themselves and marketed book them, books themselves. And I, when I think of an independent publisher, I think of this is somebody who really has productized the service of helping you take your ideas and your thoughts and your scribblings and turning them into something that's shaped like a book. What they don't often help with is... Now that you have this thing shaped like a book, how do you go out there and put it in front of the faces of the relevant people and say, like, here's a thing shaped like a book. Do you want to pay money for it? It'll help you solve your problems. And that's, like, the real – I guess it's not fair to say that's the real part of it. Like, there's really two parts of making and selling a book, the making of the book and then the marketing and the selling of the book. And – Independent publishers help very well with the first one by giving you a framework, by giving you strategy, by giving you advice. And they don't as much help with the second one because that's not in their bailiwick. That's not where they operate.
1: Right. See, I think about it a little bit differently. If I think uh, somebody's making a book by themselves and selling it by themselves, I think they've written the great American novel or like a bunch of emo poetry that sucks and nobody's going to want it except their mom. And like, <laughs> I have I have this perception that like they're doing it mostly to indulge their own ego, and they weren't able to get published by any place big, right? Like so they're not they're they're clearly not worth my time. Um, and that's that's what I think for just like the broad industry. As it applies to consulting, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are independent as consultants, and uh, they write their own books. Like Blair Ends wrote the uh, Win Without Pitching Manifesto. I'm pretty sure he did it himself um alan weiss had an editor for million dollar consulting but a lot of those books are just his like unfettered id and they're glorious but they they weren't as like run through the ringer yeah so you can have a lot of situation i mean how many downloadable pdfs have you received as like info products from colleagues right mm-hmm. measure it in scientific notation i have more books than i know what to do with half the people in our bootstrapper mastermind group have written books mm-hmm. um
0: you've written two yep two and the independent consulting manual
1: yeah Philip's written two uh Stark's written like one and a half two and he's he told the whole room like he's written for I think O'Reilly or New writers or somebody and he he's has like multiple
0: I'm, books from uh, through O'Reilly
1: yeah and he's like I'm never doing it again mm-hmm. and sorry if that's how you're getting the news about this O'Reilly but uh you know there's <laughs> um there's definitely a lot of benefit to doing that as an independent consultant, especially if you're like using it as a way to level people up to professional coaching practice or something like that. Um, a large part of why I, I decided to go in on this book is not just because I love all of you guys dearly, but because I knew it was going to help position me more as a leader around the the business of design. Um, when you write a book, you level up as an authority. Um, you can be the most amazing designer in the world. Um, but what matters is what you ship,
0: and shipping a book is a wonderful way to demonstrate that authority and that capability. Even if it's just taking things you're already saying publicly or on podcasts or in talks or to clients, and packaging it up into something shaped like a book. Or I mean, I say shaped like a book because it could be a PDF, it could be a collection of text files, it could be a physical copy you have sitting on a coffee table, but that packaging gives a perception and that perception gives you star power in a sense. You're no longer Joe or Jane Consultant who has a couple of articles on their website. You're now Joe or Jane Consultant who's the author of The Independent Consulting Manual or insert your book title here.
1: Right, saying the author of this or uh, Brennan Dunn, I'm going to continue the streak of mentioning him. He he likes calling his books courses, which is a nice little twist of phrase that makes you seem more professorial, um, which is even more authoritative. You like upgrade from being an author, like something that's taught in a college class, the person that teaches the college class, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important distinction to be had there, like figuring out in what way you're upping your authority by releasing this book in this way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, how you leverage it. Since, as we touched on earlier, there's a number of reasons you might want to write a book, be it making more money, as we just touched on, leveling up your authority. And each one of those paths is extremely valuable and viable. I've often told friends who are consultants, and, like, they've been writing articles on their site. I hate to call it blogging. They've been writing articles on their site week after week, and they have, like, a great collection of material. And I'm like turn it into a book, grab like your 20 most popular things, look in Google Analytics and see what people read the most, figure out where the holes are and like, okay, cool. Now you have a book that talks about your area of expertise. Even if you just put it on your website with a buy button or send it to prospective clients for free, now your onboarding process for any prospect or new client is like, well, great, I'd love to work with you. Step one is uh, I've written a book about my methodology and how I like to work with clients read it, and then we could see if we're a good fit. And now you're not the consultant who might get the job. You're now the consultant and author who is handing the prospective client your book and saying, you should read this before we work together because I think it'll give you insight into my process. That's a huge level up. Even if it makes you no additional money from book sales, it's positioning you in the starlight, in the limelight. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you sign up for any one of my services, you get a free copy of Cadence and Slang. I just mail it to you. Because everything is priced high enough and I have a high enough margin that I can throw away books, you know? It's, mm-hmm. and, and you get more than just the book. You get my point of view. You get the fact that I wrote a book and you hired someone dope enough to write a book. Um, and, and you can't, you earn that. You can't buy it. You can't artificially manufacture it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I've often had friends and colleagues push back on is like, uh, the book's not going to be good enough. People are going to hate it. And I take the contrarian viewpoint where wait, uh, ship the thing and then wait until people tell you this is shitty and sucks before you start believing this is shitty and sucks. Don't take the easy out of thinking like, uh, I'm not good enough to write a book, so I should not write a book. Think, okay. I'm good enough to try writing a book. I'm good enough to put it out there and then see if people are like, I know this is terrible. Or people are like, no, it's good. I enjoy it. Or if people are like, this is amazing. This changed my life. This taught me how to do 17 things I never knew I could do. Like, put it out there and then see what the reaction is. Don't sabotage yourself.
1: Right. I mean, this goes back to a lot of broader notions of imposter syndrome. But if you immediately believe that you don't, earn a seat at the table or, or aren't worthy enough to make a book, it's going to be true. You just made it true by not doing something. It's very Mm -hmm. easy to not do something. So nobody is going to actually sit down and make the clackety noise and dispel all of the, the like naysaying contradictions that you have about this than you and making a book is very hard. Um, I'm I'm not trying to play off like it's easy, but it is absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. I would I wish I was writing another book right now. I love talking to you right now, but um I want to be putting together another book as soon as humanly possible because I have a lot to say. I've just built it up over like 5 years. And I miss the process. I miss I miss running the marathon to do that. Um and Let's let's talk a little bit about how that that came about. Then for for ICM in particular, and our other books in in, in specific. So with uh, ICM,
0: part of it was I think a bonding exercise, as you mentioned, between the group. We wanted to we had been together for as a mastermind for just over a year, and somebody floated the idea of why don't we write a book together? Why don't we create a thing and see what happens with it? And it was an opportunity for us to contribute the insights we had each generated individually and collectively over the last year, and put it into a form that was easily shareable with colleagues, with friends, with associates. It also was an opportunity to see, well, are people interested in this type of material and this type of thing?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the 13 of us all have really unique perspectives. We have different specializations. You and I are in very different fields. Stark's in a different field, Phillips in a different field, Moitza's in a different field, and, and we all... Um, have different perspectives to bear. Making that not clash is important, but there's something that overlaps about all of us, and I feel it's quite evergreen. It's some set of tactics and techniques that we use to position ourselves effectively and stand up for ourselves in our work. Um, And and it's where we find the commonality that's most interesting to our audience, I feel, but also least interesting to us, because... I like exploring the differences and, and debating that um, internally, but making it legible what the like collective point of view is. Because I don't really disagree with a whole lot that's in that book. Mm-hmm. And it's, what, like a 270-page book? I should be disagreeing with most of any 270-page book. But I love this book. And, um, and it covers a very broad range of topics, and I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What about
0: for Cadence and Slang? What inspired you to write that?
1: Um, I was starting to, I made like a zine in uh, 2007 or 8. I think it was 8. Uh, where I talked about kind of evergreen principles around interaction design that I wasn't really seeing anywhere, where there were things like Fitz's Law, um, which dictates like tap target size, or um, like usability analyses that uh, had coalesced quite a bit but was really bandied about by a few people and hadn't really been, been crystallized effectively, or Design Patterns, which had its own whole book, And the way that you learn about interaction design in 2008 was by buying, like, 13 books. And there was no one book that was like, here's how you start. And and you have the very brief principles. And if you don't know anything about this field, know this. And if you're a developer, then you know how to talk to designers more effectively. Or you know how to be a designer better, um, if you want to learn that. And if you're a designer, here's how you get to be an even better designer. So I put that together, and and it was like a very brief zine. It was like forty pages, and I was like at the end of it, I was like, "Should I make this into a book or not?" And people were like, "Yes, you should absolutely make it into a book." And I was thinking, "Okay, I'm gonna start writing a book, and I have no idea where to shop it around. I'll give like a finished manuscript to people." April of two thousand nine, Kickstarter launches, and uh, one of my friends from college actually was a co founder, so he emailed like, literally everyone in his address book. It, it was, like, one of those things. It's like, hey, I changed my email address. This is the new email address that you get, like, you know, twice a year or something. Um, and you're like, okay, I've, I've you cut my hair in 2004. I don't know who you are. Um, but I looked at it, and he was like, I made a website called Kickstarter, take a look at it. And I'm like, this is actually really interesting. And so I just did that. And And plan B would have been to shop it around, but... I never had to get to Plan B because it got funded.
0: That's great. And what sort of benefits have you seen having that book in place?
1: It made my career possible.
0: That's quite an accomplishment.
1: No joke. I mean, I, I, it's been long enough that I, I literally could not tell you how screwed I would probably be. Like almost every professional opportunity that has occurred to me, um, every every full time gig was like this perfunctory half hour interview where they knew I was completely awesome. And it went from having to prove myself to that. Um, most of the gigs I've gotten as a result of uh, being independent. Um, a lot of them came from being a book author. Most of my speaking engagements, actually probably all of my speaking engagements. Um, and what else? I, I Everything, everything came out of it. It's, about one seventh of my total income from no, it's less. It's like one ninth of my total income from the past five years. Um but it it was the foundation, it's the bedrock of everything that I do. It's it's how I'm known. People are like, oh, are you the Cadence and Slang guy? They don't know the guy, but they know the book.
0: And so uh, both revenue and authority, I mean, you alluded to it paid off your student loans. It built yes. your career. People know you as the cadence and slang guy. So across the board, those, any one of those would have been a success. But the book has been
1: a multitude of successes for you. It's been a stupid success. And it's still a success. It sold eight grand of copies last year. And you know how much publicity I did for it? Nothing. I did nothing. I talked about it once on my Twitter. That was it. It's, it's just been word of mouth and people complaining that it's too expensive and other people being like, oh my God, this was completely worth it. <laughs> that was it. That's that's the entirety of people. Like, I don't get anything beyond... Or I get, can you make a Kindle version? The answer is no. Download the PDF, put it on your iPad. You own one. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's everybody. And uh, I, I cannot possibly overstate how... Influential. The book has influenced me. Like, I go back and get inspired from reading that book because I forget about what I wrote in it. Like, we're on that level about the book because I'm that absent minded. (laughs) Benefit number four. There are a lot of benefits, man. A lot of the benefits are my drawbacks. It's pretty great.
0: In my case, I decided to write uh, the outreach blueprint and the traffic manual, both because I wanted a lower offering or a lower priced offering to put on the table for prospects that came through the door who couldn't afford to work with me or I didn't have uh, uh, capacity to work with them off the bat. So I wanted something there where I could say, hey, you can't get Kai Davis, but here's a collection of all my knowledge and information on this. Read this, know how I work, start doing it yourself. This will get you. This will point you with the direction. This will be the map you could use to get to where you want to be. And uh, revenue for the traffic manual has been around $4,000 so far, entirely just from pre-orders. I haven't officially launched it yet. And the Outreach Blueprint, I have done a shit terrible job marketing. I don't even think there's a link to it on my website right now. That's how terrible my marketing is. And it's brought in, I think, around $600, probably sold 12 or so copies of it and that's not insignificant i mean that's a victory for things that i am doing like less than zero marketing for doing the worst job ever marketing like i have clients where i market their ebooks for them and i am not implementing any of the things i do for them partly because i just haven't had the time yet it's on the list for 2016 but the benefits i've seen have been similar to yours where Having the book out there it serves as a source of leads. People can buy the book and then say like, oh, the book tells me all of this, what's it like to work with him? Even if an engagement with me is a dramatic reenactment, to paraphrase Patrick McKenzie, of what I say in the book, well, people still get the benefit of working directly with me to help them implement the processes, the procedures, the tactics, and the strategy.
1: Yeah. For me, the leads are almost gravy. I, I just like being known. I like going mm-hmm. to conferences and having a name for myself. And the leads come out of that it's It's a nice benefit that I can actually like you know feed myself and stuff. Um, I feel very happy about being able to do that, but but I like having design is a conversation, and I like knowing that I've contributed a significant and enduring voice to that conversation. Um, I get a tremendous amount of pride from that every day knowing that that was um, and, and it essentially came from remixing the content of dozens and dozens of different people and citing tons of sources. Uh, most of Cadence and Slang's value comes from the side notes where I just endlessly cite all of these weird, obscure references and people like Google everything. And they end up with a reading list a mile long because they read Cadence and Slang and I'm not sorry. Um, I, I feel like I somehow managed to like just synthesize everything that I know about design that I learned from other books and very little from the actual practice of design and then turned it into something that like blew up. Um, it's a sign that design is doing well for itself but it had nothing to do with leads I wrote the book initially for no business purpose because I was working a full time job what business purpose did it have I got a raise that was the business purpose but I didn't have a business you know <laughs> it's weird oh, but they actually gave you a raise because they were like oh you wrote this thing You're oh no I, qu- I quit and got a new job That was like a one-third pay grade. Like, no, they were they were not in my league (laughs) anymore, right? Because (laughs) and I knew that like intellectually, but it took writing the book for for it to be legible to people who would be hiring me. That makes sense. And I think that's that's a benefit that I haven't thought
0: of. But if I ever did want to go back to day job world. Suddenly, when you know I send out the resume and cover letter, it's not "Hello, I'm I'm a marketing guy. I'd love to be your director of marketing or your CMO." It's like, "Well, I happen to have published two books on marketing tactics and strategies, and edited a third one. And you could download them here. Here's some copies, and uh, please read them before we meet because I'll be asking you, dear employer, questions about them in the meeting because I think they're relevant." It changes the power dynamic, and uh, again, to connect back to authority, it gives you more authority as a person, to be able to say like, oh, I'm not just Joe or Jane marketing person. I'm also the author of this book. Would you like me to work at your company? Because you can see I ship stuff. You can see I do a great job
1: at it. When you're doing a professional text that that contributes to the conversation in a meaningful way and is unlike things that currently exist in the corpus of information that's out there and you promote it effectively, you are making a name for yourself by default they they people remember you and everybody tries to do this they aspire to it a lot they make like these info products that try and sell well and they do a lot of stuff but like it has to be there has to be an amount of uniqueness to it that makes it worth the reader's time because then why wouldn't I mean, it's like the O'Reilly problem, right? Not to continually rip on O'Reilly. O'Reilly has, you know, a book to read, to to program C-sharp, for instance. Um, so does Pragmatic Programmers, probably, and New Riders, and uh, probably a bunch of other presses. And so if I go on Amazon and I type in, you know, C-sharp programming guide, because the problem at hand is that I need to know C-sharp, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff that's kind of undifferentiated. But there's only, you know if you want to learn like CSS, there's like 25 different guides, but there's only one cadence in slang. There's only one way. And there's, there's a certain amount of tone and structure that make that unique. Um, but figuring out, it's not hard to figure out what makes a book unique, have a distinctive tone, have a distinctive organization to it. Um, edit it with a certain point of view in mind. Uh, Do a weird open source project and use that as your example. You know, like there are a million different things that you can do to um, make yourself unique and get over the hump that, like, maybe I don't deserve to write a book. You know, that's another nice consequence of it is because I have like a weird, baffling perspective and I'm really confident about it and I'm going to go out and do it because nobody else has.
0: Now, I think the three of the things you hit on there tone, organization, and opinion are three things that people who are considering writing a book should keep in mind. You don't need to reinvent an entire industry from the ground up. You don't need to say, like, I, I, I've I come down from the mount. I have discovered these tablets. These are the foundational principles for what we should be following from now on. You, I mean, we, like, I look, I'm looking at my bookcase right now. I have 27-ish sales books on there. The content is similar between them. What I've bought them for is the tone of the book one is very staunch and authoritarian one is more casual the opinions in the book and the organization of the book that's what gives a book a distinctive fingerprint that's what makes a book unique and interesting and that's what when i create a book when i created the traffic manual or the outreach blueprint and when we all collaborated on the independent consulting manual it's not that you can't find information in any one of those three books elsewhere it's that the benefit to the buyer the benefit to the reader is this is our take on foundational principles or best practices or industry ideas, and that's what's valuable. It's not social media. It's This is social media through Moitza's lens. This is how she views the best practices, how she recommends you implement them, and that's what's valuable. That's what makes it stand out to the reader. That's what makes it interesting and captivating and something that people come back to and say, oh, that helped me know how to do this.
1: There's going to be someone out there who's a better writer than you or knows more about the subject area than you, but they're not sitting down and making a clackety noise, While well, are they? You mm-hmm. are. You're the one actually executing on it. Or they are. And they'll eat your lunch.
0: I, I don't think that there is a risk of lunch eating, even though I, I'm guessing you said that in jest. Uh, I think there's, I mean, we could, we could walk into any borders on our next uh, Make Money Online walkabout and look Doesn't at any borders section. Close? Yes. and uh our next abouts. Amazon.com. We, we use time machines for the walkabouts. Great. But, I mean, yeah, you go on Amazon and you search sales and you're going to see a thousand books on sales. You search leadership, you're going to see a thousand books on leadership. It's not that, they aren't eating each other's lunch. Somebody might say, I want to buy five of these because maybe there's 90% overlap in them, but it's that unique 10%. That's going to be interesting and valuable to me because Alan Weiss is going to say something that Michael Port does not about how to generate more clients. And Michael Port is going to say something that Alan Weiss doesn't about how to get more clients. And yeah. it's where those divergences are that's valuable.
1: Yeah, and people develop a habit for reading books that allows them to figure out what those divergences are very quickly. Like I, You're not sitting down and reading every single word in a row. If you did that, you would have a book stack 10 miles high. Um, sophisticated readers know how a book is structured, can figure out what to get the value out of, and then they move on to the next book that's there's It's hard to read a book, but there's a technique to it that I wish more people would understand <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's it's something that you shouldn't let yourself be discouraged by, and that's how we made money online. <laughs>
0: So before we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to say uh, uh, I'm I'm viewing this as part of an ongoing, non-consecutive series where we come back to why we made the independent consulting manual, how we created a book, the process we went through, how we marketed it, things we do differently. So... uh, uh, it won't be the next episode follows this topic, but two or three episodes down the line, we're going to come back to this and say, well, like we talked about the why let's talk about the how, how do you manage 13 people writing a book together? That sounds like herding cats. How do you market a book? How do you keep it evergreen? How do you launch a second version? Just so there's a, a a series here, but it'll be separated by intermediary episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a lot to dig in with this and, uh, you, you have not heard the last of the Independent Consulting Manual. If you want to continue not hearing the last of the Independent Consulting Manual, I'm going to be super shameless and just say you can go to independentconsultingmanual.com, which is a website on the internet that exists where you can give us money um, and then read the Independent Consulting Manual after you give us the money. I know this is it's staggering, really. but. <laughs> It is a very
0: good book. You should buy the book. You will love the book.
1: You will love it or else. Or (laughs) else you won't love it. Which I'm so sorry I wasted your time.
0: (laughs) In which case, we have a money back guarantee.
1: Uh, Do we? Okay, great. Dope. (laughs) Use that. (laughs)